Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well and doing well. And a blessed Pentecost. Um, I pray you were able to get to Mass yesterday for Pentecost. I know many of the churches are beginning to open and uh, allow so many people in at a time. So I pray you will be you were able to get to Mass, and if not, that you took time and honored our Lord and received Him in a spiritual communion. Um, this entire week is an octave of Pentecost, um, and every day is a first-class feast. Pentecost is first class every day. For eight days is first class. So I would say to try to get to Mass as often as you can, um, but at least uh, make a spiritual communion each day. Um, watch online Masses streamed if you cannot get to Mass, although it's, it's in no way the same, but it might be an encouragement to you. Um, and um, uh, how do I say? And, and each day maybe read the readings for Mass or... Uh, read the history of Pentecost. Um, I would give you a wonderful source. It's uh, the liturgical year by Dom Garanger, Dom Prosper Garanger, G-U-E-R-A-N-G-E-R. You can look it up online. The entire 15 volumes is online. And if you you type in Dom Prosper, or just Dom, D-O-M, Garanger, G-U-E-R-A-N-G-E-R, and then put in Pentecost, and you'll bring it up. And he has the history of Pentecost and the mystery of Pentecost, the practice during Pentecost, uh, written in the late 1800s, Benedictine. Absolutely, he's the one who restored Gregorian chant to France and to Europe. Um, it's, it's just about the best you can read. And so uh, also look up the... Um, the sermons of St. Augustine for Pentecost, um, just uh, the, the, the uh, saintly popes, uh, you'll get much reading, and I think you should um, really uh, learn Pentecost, and because it is, it was the birthday of Judaism, and is now the birthday of Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah and spread through the entire world, which is the Catholic Church. Christianity. Um, if you'd like the, um, a, uh, how do I say, uh, the history of it um, uh, in uh, more um, uh, modern day speak, so to speak, um, our newsletter of um, uh, 2015, Pentecost 2015, uh, we have a, um, a dialogue. Uh, that I wrote between two Jewish men visiting Jerusalem because it was a required feast. Pentecost is a Jewish feast, Shavuot, um, in in Hebrew, the Feast of Weeks, and it was required. Pentecost is its Greek Greek name, 
um, and the Jews were required to go to Jerusalem to bring the first fruits. It's the it's called the Feast of Weeks, which is the tr- translation of uh, Shavuot or Pentecost in Greek, and um, it was the Feast of First Fruits, where the Israelites brought their first fruits to Jerusalem to the temple, and it was filled with, as you know, thousands, thousands of Jewish people, um, but they were from all over. Uh, the area, so they spoke uh, in different dialects. And at Pentecost, it was the reversal of Babel, where at um, the Tower of Babel, in the beginning of Genesis, man wanted to be God and made a tower to reach heaven, and of course God destroyed it and, um, and confused their languages so that they couldn't understand one another, and they'd spread all over the world. And at Pentecost, it's it's the reverse. They came with all their different languages, and through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, everyone heard uh, what was said in his own language. So they, kind of the reversal, they all heard uh, in one language. So it's a, it's just magnificent. But it's also, it is the... Uh, in, in Hebrew, Simchas Torah, the rejoicing of the law, the celebration of the giving of the law on Mount Sinai uh, from God through Moses. Um, and that was considered the birthday of Judaism. Um, and uh, let's see now, 3,500 plus years later, God poured out his spirit on what was the birthday of Judaism, the giving of the Torah and poured out his spirit, uh, he who is the lawgiver, on his people and told them to spread the gospel to uh, the ends of the earth in, in um, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And to this day, that is our mission, to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth from wherever we are. And the reason that we are in the midst of this awful virus and in the midst of a church, a world that's gone astray, but more tragically, a church that has gone astray is because we have not done that. We have not lived the faith. And um, God is giving us, uh, at least allowing this, I believe, Wuhan virus uh, as a chastisement, very mild. I know it's it's been a... A kind of a worldwide um, chat, um, um, how do I, um, uh, epidemic or pandemic. But uh, I do, I'm not alone in this, of course, believe that it's God's chastisement and a very mild one, as, as strong as it seems. It's very mild uh, compared to what will come if we don't repent. God always, like he did with Nineveh, always, 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 gives us the opportunity to repent. Um, I have listened now, uh, live stream, to all the talks of the Rome Life Forum, um, uh, put on in uh, by Voice of the Family in conjunction with LifeSite News, live streamed from Rome. I think it's the first time it's been live streamed because of the virus, that you can't travel and get together and all of that. So... Um, not only is it convenient that we can listen on our, uh, those of us who can't get to Rome, we can listen on our computers, 
uh, or other uh, electronic devices, but it's free, <laughs> uh, which is really, uh, really wonderful. And we now, here at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, have listened on our computer, live streamed to all of the talks. And I would urge you, beloved, to listen to those talks. RomeLifeForum.com. That's it. Free. You, you don't have to give a credit card. You don't need to do anything. You're able to donate if, if you uh, wish to do that and can to help their costs. But I tell you, they have done an absolutely magnificent job. And every talk, one talk is better than the, the next. It's three days. It occurred March 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Here we are at June 1st. So we're looking at two weeks ago. And um, two talks per day, two different speakers uh, each day, giving one talk each and then a third session each day that's question and answer. And it's questions many people have sent in. It is outstanding. The theme is Our Lady of Fatima and the coronavirus, or the reverse, the coronavirus and Our Lady of Fatima, is absolutely outstanding. And it puts everything in perspective. Um... And I would urge everyone to do what you can to to bring that up on your computers or whatever devices you have and listen to the talks, including the question and answer series uh, sessions. It's it's truly, truly magnificent. Rome Life Forum, F-O-R-U-M dot com. And you will get them. Yesterday... We listened to the talk by Father Linus Clovis, C-L-O-V-I-S. He is an outstanding priest of God. Everyone on that Rome Life Forum is outstanding. Um, And um, these are people and men and women we pray for every single day here in our um, priory because when we find good, holy, courageous Men and women of God, we take them into our prayer, and we don't stop. Uh, we don't stop praying for them. Uh, some we have prayed for every day for years before we've ever met them. Um, uh, we prayed, I personally prayed, rather, before I was even a sister for Cardinal Burke, every day, nine years every day, before I ever met him. Um, and we continue to pray for him. And um, and John Henry Western, uh, and uh, co-founder of LifeSite News, and uh, Father Linus Clovis, and Bishop Athanasius Snyder, and so many of them. They are such outstanding men uh, of God. And I, I urge you to look them up and get to know these good men of God. You will be encouraged in the midst of everything that's going wrong. You will be encouraged, dear one. There um, is the music for our first break. We'll be back, and I will um, uh, uh, we'll continue. And then we'll take your calls and your texts and your emails following the second break. And I'll give you the number in advance so you can be prepared. If you wish to call in, we take the calls in order. And the toll-free number to call or text is one 511 5483. The email is mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. 
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm just so thrilled to be with you. And you know, um, we, just before the break, were speaking of um, the outstanding men and women um, of um, the Rome Life Forum that is uh, put on by voice of the family. Just, I, I just couldn't, um, if I were to join one organization on earth, uh, it would be voice of the family and LifeSite News together. Uh, the two of them have put on this most outstanding, um, and I want to tell you, I couldn't even be telling you this apart from the Station of the Cross. I never want to leave the Station of the Cross out, because um, without the Station of the Cross, I wouldn't be coming to you at all, and I wouldn't be on LifeSite News or anything else. So um, I, I tell you, my, my three top apostolates, I think, in the world are the Station of the Cross, LifeSite News, and um, uh, I can't even think of it, voice of the family. And so just absolutely outstanding. And I tell you, beloved, it's, it's a difficult time uh, in the church and in the world when many, many are discouraged and many are becoming frightened. Um, it's very understandable. Um, and it's not, um, I wouldn't, um, how, how do I say, um, I wouldn't come against anybody 
uh, in any way to say you shouldn't be frightened because I think there's sanity in that to be frightened. But make sure your fear is fear of the Lord more than fear of the world or fear of circumstances in the church. Don't be frightened about that. But the fear of the Lord, the scriptures say, is the beginning of wisdom. Make sure that your fear is more toward your stance before God. And if we walk with God, perfect love casts out fear. We don't need to be afraid. God will protect his own. Whether we live or die is not the issue. He will protect his own, whether he takes us to heaven or not. He will protect us. Um, We just need to live for him now. We need to live for him as if, the expression says, as if there's no tomorrow. Hopefully, we're in a state of grace, there will be an eternity for us with God. But we need to truly live for him. And I would say, if you, uh, I hate to pick one talk out of all of them, uh, of the coronavirus uh, and the Lady of Fatima theme. Uh, I don't want to pick one talk, but I actually, I have. Um, I'd say listen to all of them. But yesterday we listened to Father Linus Clovis. The title of his talk on the Rome Life Forum is Reforming Our Lives According to Our Lady's Call at Fatima. And every single talk is 100%. Uh, It gives us the reality of the situation, the history of the current situation, how we came to it, the fact that this is not the first plague in the church, uh, not the first of many situations, but possibly the worst we've ever seen, because it's maybe the first time that the church has given in. The church has given in to the dictates of the secular government, the secular society, um, which means the church has given society a power that God has not given that society. Um, They have encroached their laws on the church uh, that they have no right to do. And when we obey the state, uh, we are giving them this power. Um, And um, uh, Peter said in the book of Acts, you tell us whether we should obey man or God. You see, uh, we must obey God. We must obey God. And Cardinal Burke spoke clearly in his message. He was the very first talk. And he said that the lifting of the Sunday um, obligation for to attend Mass, um, he said, is not in the power of any bishop, any priest, anyone, because it is divine law, and no man is greater than God. And no man can lift the law that God has given. So we are still under the obligation to worship the Lord on Sunday and attend Mass on the Lord's Day. We are under that obligation, even if a bishop says it's lifted. Again, Cardinal Burke, probably the greatest canon lawyer the Church has, and who had been the prefect of the Apostolic Signatura, uh, the Office of Canon Law, um, He has said clearly, the commandments are from God. We have no power and no right to lift them. We have none at all. We, for 
uh, grave reasons uh, may not be able to keep them. And so if we are, if the mass is curtailed, if we're not allowed in the churches, either by the bishops or uh, the government, and in some cases the government has allowed us and the bishops have not, so it's really a pretty awful situation. But um, if we cannot attend mass, uh, then the fault for not keeping that divine law is not ours. But we cannot be excused from it. We are still obligated. And the church has always said that for grave reasons, such as illness, uh, someone has an accident, some special situation, then we will always be excused, um, forgiven uh, from that uh, particular obligation, but the obligation is not lifted. We are always accountable for it. And again, excused if we cannot, for a grave reason, get there. Well, if the bishops uh, close the churches or prohibit masses, then we obviously cannot get there, and we cry out to God, and we are we are excused by Him. We are forgiven, but again. Uh, the bishops, we need to pray for our bishops because they, the government is taking a power they don't have. The bishops are taking a power that they don't have. I'm not saying this. Uh, uh, Cardinal Burke has said it, and Cardinal Seurat, head of the um, um, uh, Office for Divine Sacraments, uh, Bishop Snyder, uh, Cardinal Mueller, uh, so forth. So... And it's simply church teaching. So why others don't know that, I cannot answer that. Uh, I don't believe that any bishop would go against what he believes is God's law. I I can only assume um, a certain amount of ignorance that they don't know and have not been taught this. Uh, uh, Ignorance is not stupidity. I just want to clarify that. Uh, has nothing to do with intelligence, has only to do with knowledge. And every bishop is is certainly responsible to know divine law and canon law. Um, but if there's confusion in this way, they too, uh, you know, it, it, uh, God is the only, excuse me, the only judge we are not. But Father Linus Clovis um I may be repeating the title of his talk now, Reforming Our Lives According to Our Lady's Call at Fatima. And I have found his talk the best talk for going forward in our lives. The other talks have wonderfully and sanely, heroically, um, beautifully clarified, taught us about the situation and taught us church teaching, and again, history and what has led up to this. Um, But Father Clovis has told us how to move forward, and he's pointed out that throughout history, the scriptures have said, and he's quoted others who have said, that God gives his people the shepherds they deserve. Now, we probably think the opposite. We have gotten bad shepherds, and so the people are bad, you know, like, like shepherds, like people. Well, that's true, but also it's true that God gives the church the shepherds they deserve. And at the moment, 
we do not deserve good shepherds because we have not kept the faith. We can try to blame our shepherds, but uh, that we won't get by blaming our shepherds. When we stand before God, beloved, every single one of us will be accountable for our faith. And we cannot say we weren't taught or we were taught incorrectly. We can say that, but the fact is we are baptized. We are sons and daughters of God. We have a responsibility to live our faith, which is why I've been so strong on the issue of homeschooling. And our newsletter is finally finished. Um, the homeschooling newsletter I've been promising for a few months now, uh, and where it's going to, we're including um, uh, a few other documents in that newsletter. It's going to be very fat, plus a holy card uh, with a spiritual communion prayer on it. Um, and again, it's, it's not yet at our printer. It'll be going next week uh, to our printer. And so you'll, you'll, it's still going to be a couple of weeks before you'll receive it. I'm sorry for all the time it's taken. So many things have come in the way. I think you can maybe imagine a few of them, um, but you will get it. And um, you'll get it if you're signed up. If you're on email, if you're on our website and you're signed up for our newsletters, if you're not, just go there, motherofisraelshope.org, and click on newsletters, and you can sign up. There's time for you to get on, no problem. You can get it only by email, which means you won't get the holy card and other things that we insert, sometimes DVDs or CDs, um, but you'll get the complete printed newsletter by email. If you wish to sign up by what we call snail mail or regular U.S. postage, uh, there's no charge but you'll get everything and you can sign up for most people sign up for both email and regular mail. And this way you get the whole package. So, um, uh, and if you're email and you haven't gotten certain things we include in the, in the regular mail, you can always call and we'll put, put them in the mail to you. So, um, don't call and say, I've missed your newsletter. It's been a couple of weeks. It's going to be a few weeks before you actually get it in the mail. Um, and so, because we must send it, it's it's heavy and it's expensive, we must send it out of good stewardship by bulk mail. So we do that, and um, you, you'll you receive it, uh, unless you're not on our list, and then you can always uh, sign up. And it, it it's never too late. If you sign up after we've sent it out, we'll put a package in the mail to you um, and do that. So um, I, I'm So the homeschooling letter with... Mary's Oblates, if you've signed up to be one of our Oblates, kind of a third order of our community, um, there's going to be a separate 12-page newsletter in there for you, and also a form where people can sign up anew, where you can order the commentary for Benedictine Oblates, um, where you can become a lay associate, all kinds of things will be in that newsletter, so forgive us for the delay in sending everything out. Our hands have been full on this end, um, but you will be getting it all soon. And um, But I, I, I want to ask you to try to go to Rome Life Forum and listen RomeLifeForum.com Listen to those talks, beloved. You will be strengthened and encouraged, and you will get direction of what to do in this time. God bless you. Call in toll-free with anything on your heart during the break, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com, and we'll be right back. 
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. This is Rick Paolini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning. We'll be delving into the diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life. Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu ufam tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. The Catholic Current on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. There's some big globalist events sponsored by the Vatican coming up in October and November. One mm-hmm. is called the Global Education Compact. But to your point, one of the supporters of that event is Huawei. They were sponsoring One Planet, One World. Tune in weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross and iCatholic Radio for The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she and I am live I hope, and um, I'm thrilled to be with you. And again, our toll-free number, one 511 with anything at all on your heart. Again, it, it's not our subject uh, or subject matter, but what's on your heart that's important. And then the email um, address is mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Mia who says, Hello, Mother. Hope you are well. We are. Thanks be to God. My husband and I just have found out that our God has blessed us with a child. This is my first pregnancy. Well, Mia, yay, blessed be God, blessed be God. She says, I trust in God and his goodness and providence that this baby was chosen to be conceived here and now in this time. Well, your trust is correct. However, I cannot lie. I am nervous given the state of the world. I am not afraid of the virus, but of the growing amount of paranoia and violence and encroachment of our rights due to the virus. All I can think is how am I going to protect my baby in all this madness? And I know this is only the beginning of the chastisement. Um, 
uh, you have another paragraph, Mia, but, but just to say that um, God knows what he's doing, and um, he's given this baby to you, and uh, the best thing you can do, Mia, is to ask him for his peace and to trust in him because obviously we cannot control what happens. We cannot control the events of the world. And to be nervous is to put a pressure on that little life in you that God hasn't put on that little baby. So you're afraid of things happening in the world and in the church. But if you're afraid and if you're nervous and if you're not at peace, that will directly affect your baby. So you need to find a way to be at peace, beloved, and trust that God who gave his life for you also has given this baby to you and raise that baby in peace. And Mia goes on to say, my husband and I are new to the faith, blessed be God. And God has been more than gracious to us in helping us learn and grow. But still, we have a lot to learn. Well, you do because you're new. I'm not so new, Mia, and I have... Uh, miles and miles to learn will never stop. And she says, what kind of penances can we do for reparation during this chastisement? Isn't that fantastic? There are Catholics, lifelong Catholics who don't think of that. Uh, What kind of penances can we do for reparation during the chastisement? My husband confessed, I do not know if it's safe for me to do so because of the pregnancy. I'm going to tell you right now, Mia, it is not safe for you to fast. God does not intend any pregnant woman to fast. You have a little life to not just keep alive in you, but to grow. And you must keep yourself healthy and not fast. Mia says, we both pray the rosary daily. I also have begun alternating the litany of the Blessed Virgin, the litany of St. Joseph, and the Sacred Heart. I'm not sure if this counts as penance, though. Okay, let me stop right there. You're already doing more than most Catholics are doing. Uh, We all should be doing that, but God bless you, Mia. And it does count as penance if you offer it to God for the salvation of the world and the reparation of sin. It will count as penance, but you need to offer it. So everything you do, not just praying the the litany, but washing dishes, cleaning your house, uh, loving your child, being patient with your husband, just offer everything all day for the conversion of sinners. And then it will, and your entire life will become an act of reparation. Yes, absolutely. If you do all that and you don't offer it, it will not be penance. You need to do it intentionally. You need to offer it intentionally. And Mia says, what else could we do? All I can think of is I need to do something to help combat the evil in this world to honor God, help protect my child. I would not put a single thing on you, Mia, that you're not already doing. You're doing fantastically. And all I say is offer anything and everything to God. Uh, Mia says, any advice or encouragement would be wonderful. God bless and thank you, Mother Mia. So no, uh, you're doing wonderfully. Uh, You're uh, just offer everything to God. Say, Lord, we're going to pray the rosary now and we offer it uh, as reparation to your sacred heart and the offenses against our Blessed Mother's miraculous heart. Just offer it. Just make it that intention. You don't have to do it more intently. You don't have to do anything else. Just make it uh, your intention, and God will God will accept that. Your your uh, project is to have no project other 
than to be at peace so that um, so that your baby will have a healthy life and growth. Babies feel tension. They feel everything in their mother's womb. So don't be nervous about that either. Just trust God and talk to your baby every day. Say, you know, we're going to trust. You're being born into an awful time in the church, but you're going to be a saint. You're going to be a saint. And God has planned your birth for this time, and he knows just what he's doing. So we are going to honor God together. Okay. We have a question from Jerry that he put on Facebook, and he says, what is the best way to find a church within our diocese to ask the question, Father, where may I receive you? And this is Father in heaven. Where may I receive you on my tongue? To whom shall I go? And this is kind of a a prayer um, uh, Jerry puts it in. And I'll read the prayer because he speaks for many of our hearts. Uh, Shall I fast of you, Lord, for a time, praying, fasting, and penance for others and my sins until I may receive you in reverence on my tongue? Lord, I desire to do your will. Whom shall I go? For I am confused. My heart and discernment is shouting to me to participate in your holy mass without receiving Eucharist as well as participating in monthly confession, tithing always in keeping faith, hope and love for others to follow those whom are completely devoted to you and struggling like me to stand in your presence. Well, dear Jerry, I think you've just probably put into words the agony and desire of thousands of hearts. Um, the best way to find your church, a church within your diocese that will serve communion in a reverent manner, which is to that you can receive him on the tongue, is to look for the Latin Mass in your church. And if you have to drive two hours, do it. We've done that. We drive two hours uh, to go. We drive a round trip uh, three hours to go to Mass um, because it's reverent. And if we can't do that every day because of other things, we could we do it on Sunday. So we can do that. Um, and I would say yes. Uh, if you don't know of a Novus Ordo church that will uh, 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 distribute uh, the Eucharist uh, in reverence and give you the opportunity as the church gives you and no bishop or priest can forbid reception on the tongue. If they do forbid it, they are in error. Um, but, um, if you have a Novus Ordo church that will do that, that's great. Uh, but if you go to a Latin church, um, again, uh, if you can find one, even if it's out of your diocese, but close enough for you to get to, that's what I would do. Uh, we have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, mother, I very much enjoy your show. You are a blessing from our God. And you and your family of sisters are in my prayers. Well, thank you so much. My question is this. I live in Vermont. Our bishop has recently opened up our churches and has allowed Mass to be said. But the problem is you can only receive in the hand. I I want to say maybe for the 10th time this morning because of what I've been reading and saying, uh, it's a desecration of the Blessed Sacrament. And again, any bishop that will not permit communion on the tongue is committing sacrilege, and he is um, outside of church law. He is give. He is making a law that puts himself above God, because uh, reception of the Eucharist um, is divine law, 
And uh, number one, the obligation for it cannot be lifted. And communion on the tongue is not an exception. It's the norm. Communion on hand is the exception. But every individual has the right under canon law to receive our Lord either on the tongue or in the hand. And concerning the coronavirus, it has already been shown that communion on the tongue is not only not a more grave danger, but it is a safer way. If a priest knows how to properly distribute the Holy Eucharist on the tongue, he does not need to touch the tongue. He does not need to um, uh, be concerned. Uh, He can always wash his hands after communion, and he may not distribute communion in latex gloves. That's it's an atrocity, and for uh, those to distribute communion on a tray or hold it up so people take it from him, that is against canon law. He cannot do that. I know he does it, but it's sinful, and it's a desecration of the Holy Sacrament. So the bishop has done is doing wrongly, and uh, this person goes on to say the parish that's closest to me is Novus Ordo Mass. I have traveled to Burlington, Vermont, for the Latin Mass, which I truly enjoy. But Mother, what do you do? Do you go to church and just stay in your pew and do a spiritual communion? Because I know that taking our Lord in our hands is wrong. So would I just, uh, would I just, and my family just stay in the pew and do a spiritual communion? Thank you, Mother. God bless you. No, I don't suggest that. I, uh, well, it's not a question of what I suggest. Um, I'll just tell you what I do. Uh, we would not attend the Novus Ordo Mass, and, and re- we would if they will serve on the tongue, but we would not and stay in our pew and watch that desecration happen. We would not. And so we would go out of our way uh, to get to a Latin Mass. And if you could get to Burlington, Vermont. I don't know how long it is, but I told you we've traveled a couple of hours to get to Mass. And there are people that travel uh, the, the Latin parish where we now go here in, um, in Tulsa is, is 20 minutes from us, so it's not a problem. But there are people who do travel two hours from Arkansas and all over the place um, to get to us. Um, uh, or rather Arizona, I always forget, I confuse the two. So uh, I would suggest that you go to Burlington, Vermont for the Latin Mass, at least on Sunday, and make it a day's, a holy day's journey with your family, and pray the rosary on the way there, and the chaplet of divine mercy on the way back, sing together and pray together um, uh, different prayers of the church, and, and make it a day with God. That's what I would do. We have an email from Even who says, what is your interpretation of Canon Law 223, which refers to the common good? Uh, thank you, Even, for actually including Canon 223, uh, point number one in your, in your um, email, so I don't have to look it up. That enables me to answer your question. And Canon 223 says, in exercising their rights... The Christian faithful, both as individuals and gathered together in associations, must take into account the common good of the church, the rights of others, and their own duties toward others. Point two says, 
in view of the common good, ecclesiastical authority can direct the exercise of rights which are proper to the Christian faithful. Um, and he says, my diocese has cited this, cited this as their justification for banning communion on the tongue. Are they correct in using Canon 223 in this way? Thank you and God bless you. They are not. How can I say that? I'm not a canon lawyer. But Cardinal Burke has said it and answered that. They can direct the exercise of rights proper to the Christian faithful. And they cannot eliminate the exercise of rights. They can direct them. And the rights proper to the Christian faithful is that they can receive communion on the tongue. And no priest or bishop has any right to override canon law and the rights that God, not just the rights, but the command that God has given us. Um, And that's the answer to that one. Beloved, we'll be back with our last segment in a moment. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, And it's our last segment, so again, you feel free to call in um, with anything on your heart at all. Toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. Our lines are wide open, and you're you're welcome to call in at any time. Um, 
and so I, I think I answered uh, Evan's question uh, before the break. What is your interpretation of Canon Law 223, which refers to the common good? And he says, my diocese has cited this as their justification for, for banning commune on the tongue. Are they correct? They are not correct. Um, the last point says, in view of the common good, ecclesiastical authority can direct the exercise of rights which are proper to the Christian faithful. They can direct the exercise of rights, but they cannot uh, eliminate them. They can only direct them by saying, yes, in this, the middle of this pandemic, you can uh, you're not bound to receive communion on the tongue because canon law doesn't bind you, but you can. You absolutely can, and no one has the right to take that from you, even though they do unjustly. Uh, we have an email from Jenna who says, does the catechism encourage private interpretation of the Bible? Um, it seems as if my Catholic friends have become Protestant because of their misinterpretation of Scripture. The catechism does not encourage private interpretation of the Bible. If if your Catholic friends think so, they need to quote the place in the catechism where it does. There is no uh, interpretation, uh, private interpretation of Scripture. In fact, Scripture says that Scripture is not a matter of private interpretation. It says that in, I think it's First or Second Peter. I have to look it up. Um, Scripture is not a matter of private interpretation. Um, it is the work of the Holy Spirit, every single word of it, and it is not a matter of private interpretation. Catholics who uh, think that have already become Protestant in their heart. The Church is the authority, and there are many, many good sources to go to for understanding how the Catholic Church interprets what the Bible means by what it says. And actually, if you go to the Church Fathers, you have uh, the Apostle John wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Um, he wrote the Book of Revelation. And um, the early Church Father Polycarp, for example, was discipled by John the Evangelist, um, by St. John. And um, so... If I want to trust somebody's interpretation, I'm going to trust more the early church fathers who were discipled by the apostles themselves directly. And so um, that is the Catholic Church, um, whose tradition is given by God, uh, not the tradition of men with a small t, but the tradition of God, as uh, St. Paul says in Second Thessalonians 2.15, um, whether by word or by a letter, uh, the tradition that God has kept and handed down from one generation to another. So the answer is, if they engage in private interpretation, they are Protestant even within the Catholic Church. Um, uh, there are wonderful sources for understanding what the Bible means, by what it says. Uh, there's a fantastic catechism, many good catechisms, many. Um, I, I recommend the one that Father Chad Ripiger has recommended. Uh, I don't negate any others, but I recommend this one because it is uh, the Council of Trent and it's the Catechism Explained. So you have um, not just the teaching of the faith, but explained um, as it has been for um, 
uh, for 2,000 years without alteration. So uh, that's the one I recommend. I don't tell you to stay away from others, but that is the one that I recommend, and we will study through here. Um, Okay, uh, we have a, an email from Roman who says, One of my best friends is Protestant, and she claims she is assured of her salvation because she accepted Jesus as her personal Savior. What should my response be to her? I pray for her conversion every day, and I stay in contact with her weekly. Thanks. Roman um, that's what she was taught, and so she's sincere in her belief. And God holds us accountable for what we are taught, uh, for what we know, not what we don't know, and yet we are responsible even for what we don't know if it's what God has taught. There is nothing in all of Scripture that says we need to accept Jesus as our personal Savior. And those who say that claim the Bible alone is their authority, and yet the Bible alone does never say that. And neither does the Bible say that we cannot lose our salvation. Um, we have the moral assurance of salvation, that is, if we die in a state of grace, we will be with God forever. If we don't turn from him, we will be with him forever. That's a moral assurance, but we don't have any assurance that we won't turn from him. Uh, the scriptures say, um, he who endures to the end will be saved. There's so many scriptures here. But I would say, um, there's um, go, use catholic.com as your number one apologetic source. Catholic.com. Right up on top is the search box. You can type almost anything in there, and you will get a tremendous array of magnificent articles written by Jimmy Akins and others uh, from um, Catholic Answers magazine and, and bishops and others who are absolutely top uh, in their faith and in their understanding of church teaching. And all you need to do, any Protestant or any Catholic that uh, are challenged by Protestant questions, Go to catholic.com and simply type in, can, can, can we lose our salvation? Uh, the fact is, we don't have our salvation until heaven. Um, Romans 8.29 says, whom he, let me see if I can bring that up exactly, otherwise I'm going to quote it and probably leave something out. Hold on. Um, Romans 8.29 says, um, for those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn born among many creatures, many, uh, many brethren. Um, oh, dear. I, maybe it, I should have put in 30 as well. Hold on now. Um, let me see. Um, and those whom... Uh, those whom he predestined, he also, here's the verse, those whom God predestines, um, the scriptures say we are chosen in him before the foundation of the world. 
those whom God predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. Those whom he justified, he glorified. Salvation is a process. And the fact is that we can turn from it along the way. Protestants say, can we lose our salvation? And Catholics say, you cannot lose it. Protestants say, you can't lose it. And so do Catholics, because you cannot lose what you do not have. Salvation is a process, and it is not complete until we are in heaven. And once we are in heaven, once we are in a state of glorification, we cannot lose it, because once saved, always saved. Once saved. And Peter says, the closer we are to heaven, now is our salvation nearer than it ever has been. And once we're in heaven, we're in a state of glorification, and that could never be reversed. Once saved always saved. It's a process. Go to catholic.com, type in assurance of salvation, and you will get every scripture uh, to help understand that. God bless you, dear ones, and we'll be with you in the morning, and a blessed feast octave of Pentecost. See you tomorrow.